0: Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with medtech leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Deezer. Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Today, our guest is Nicolas Foschil, CEO at FOMAT Medical Research, a network of research centers based in Oxnard, California. Hey, Nicolas, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Julio. Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome, Nicolas. I'm so pleased to be here today uh, recording this podcast episode. Uh, You and I have been friends for, I don't know how many years, and uh, we've been one way or another, in contact, and uh, I've been following your steps. You've been following mine, so <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to to have you on camera and and uh, and to record the, an interview about your your experience, about your plans and your journey to Latin America. So let's get started with your journey. I mean, how is it that you got to where you are today in Latin America?
1: Well, first off, thank you for having me, and um, I've been, you know, I've cherished our relationship. Thank you for for. For this and and it's exciting uh, to have a thirty minute break with you. Um, so the journey, the journey. I was I was born in California, raised in California for the most part, um, but to parents that are Hispanic, and uh, so I've always known that you know some of my blood blow you know flows with uh, Hispanic culture, if you will. And um, as I graduated college, I did research, I did. Pivotal's, uh, I did bench research. I worked under a nominated Nobel laureate. I then worked at a, a bio t- uh, medical device company, sorry, doing pivotal trials, uh, pre-pivotal trials, and um, kind of working between the ClinOps department and research development department. So I had a lot of experience from kind of that angle. And then I got recruited by a site management organization called DRS. And at the time... Um, they were focused on California growth. DRS stood for Diverse Research Solutions. It was more of a diversity in re- in research, and um, you know, my father, who's a clinician and researcher, he was part of the board. He was a board member at that company, and he you know told them about about me, and they they you know, they recruited me. They brought me on board, and I was part of their their team in, in California. So um, at the time, we got recruited a company. Uh, special company and, and I'm very close friends with them to date. They, they saw something in us and they saw that they needed more, uh, either recruitment or diversity or, or it, it, in this case, it was had to do with the seasonality of disease, diseases where, you know, in the United States are in seasons and Latin America's are in seasons. So, um, they wanted to, 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 you know, put their position in their company in, in a place where they could, you know, recruit in both seasons, if you will. So they asked us and the company at the board level, half the board or, you know, percent of the board, if you will, was interested in, in expanding and taking that opportunity to open Latin America while the other was, you know, let's focus on California. Let's, you know, let's be laser focused. So I saw this as an opportunity and I kind of going back to my roots and saying, you know, I wanted to explore what it would live like in Latin America. Um, I took, I jumped on the opportunity. So as, a spinoff, a sister spinoff company called FOMAT Medical Research was built to open in Latin America. And so they, they were two separate companies, but they worked so closely together, um, almost inseparable. And um, I sat on both of them. They're both management teams, but I was a leadership over here. I was a CEO, kind of managing director, if you will, of FOMAT. So as, as I kind of expanded into South America. And what an experience. What an amazing experience. I've um it was phenomenal. We outgrew DRS. Uh four or five years later, FOMAT actually acquires DRS. Oh, okay. And, yeah. So and today, you know, we, we sit in California. We actually had some growth in Miami at some point, but then we've we've since just focused on California and in Latin America. Our US business now sits as you know of predominantly the largest part of our business, it's more than, you know, 90% of our business, I would say, but Latin America is still very much in our roots in everything we do. I mean, we obviously do research and everything in Latin America, but the expansion, the way it kind of flowed, um, it enabled us, the success in the US has enabled the success in Latin America and the success in Latin America has enabled us and the success in the US is very synergistic in so many different ways. And, um, and yeah, so now, you know, FOMA then went and acquired DRS and now it's all kind of one big, uh, fun company, fun family. <laughs> yeah. like so that. That's my story.
0: Yeah. It's about having fun. I mean, and, yeah. uh, contributing to, to the world and, uh, making a little bit of money here and there. I mean, money's not really the driver. I mean, what you guys do, uh, what we all do, I'm also involved in great research. It's fascinating to see the, uh, the, the outcomes uh, that you reach with all these uh, innovations, uh, patients, how you can change their lives, at least with medical devices, implantable devices, they are just fascinating. So, anyway, I'm going off topic. The point is that uh, I, I admire what you do. Uh, thank you for sharing your, your journey. It's a fascinating one. And uh, I'm so glad that you got reconnected with your
1: roots. In, in yeah, no, I did. I did. And, yeah. you know, throughout the process, I learned a lot. Learned, oh my gosh, you, you learned so much from from mistakes and and you learn probably more from mistakes. So I've had a few of those and yeah. So yeah, those the, yeah. But luckily, you know, as long as you keep on pushing forward, it's always been very, very, a very fun ride. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. So Nicolas, uh, let's talk about uh, trends in Latin America that are relevant to our discussion today. What do you see happening in the region uh, that uh, you see are wins to make it more appealing for clinical research?
1: Well, I think a big one, a big one that's happening right now that's very specific to the recent, you know, uh, to our recent history, uh, of of kind of world current, current, uh, what's happening right now in the United, in the world is, uh, the, the, the wars, Ukraine, and Russia. So that hasn't, is having a direct impact on Latin America. And people's like, wait, wait, what? And, uh, so when the U.S. Many of the pharmaceuticals see, I mean, we can kind of go into details as to kind of how they strategize, but, um, uh, usually that region of the world is in competition with Latin America when you, when it's a, when it's a bidding process, and this sucks to say this because obviously you don't ever want to, um, benefit off of something, something negative, something negative, if you will. But given that that area of the world right now, is there's a kind of a question mark you know what when does the war end um kind of what what is, what does the aftermath look like um you know logistics you know bringing kits to taking out kits uh monitors uh, uh, recruitment uh your, you know your your compliance your retention etc cetera, etc cetera, that um even you know from you know, we we can go into further detail on on kind of like all the implications of that but so as a strategic perspective oh, sorry
0: no, yeah, I was going to say the UMDR, too, is affecting uh, the environment in Europe. I mean, <laughs> right, right. they're busy research centers. I mean, they can't keep up with all the research that they have to do now.
1: <laughs> right, that, that too, that too. But spec- when it comes to specifically Latin America, the in, in a competition, when you're like in the, the war room or strategy room, if you will, in Pfizer, call it you know, med tech, biotech, pharma, um, kind of you know, your first tier, you, you know, you got the, you got certain like Europe, the North America areas that kind of uh, that sit as like maybe your first tier places that you have to be. At. But then your second locations and sometimes your third, there's, there's, re- they're, they're broken down by regions, you know, and, and regions that we fight against are going to be your Ukraine, your Russia. Uh, those are very much where. I would say eighty. I don't. know, I'm throwing this percent out, but more than fifty percent of studies that Latin America today loses is to that region. Wow. So, Eastern you know, Europe in general. Yeah. Yeah. Eastern Europe in general, right? Eastern. I'm not speaking only Ukraine and Russia. I'm speaking yeah, Eastern yeah, Europe. But yeah. but there's again, there's a huge question mark. You know, do these other countries get involved? Um, do you know how? What is the aftermath? What about flights? You know, what about electric? What about electricity? What about you know? There's a lot of because there's, there's a scare of, of gas being um, controlled by Russia. So, so there's just all of these little uncertainties are now being, because clinical research is a very trust driven industry. So if you do a if I do a job with you and you do a good job, I'm going to come back to you. And if you do a good job again, I'm going to come back to you again. Why am I going to take a risk on this person over here? I'm not really, I don't know who they are. If I've done this job and is doing a really, I'm having a really good relationship. Uh, so we've seen that time and time again where, where Latin America comes a little short to Eastern Europe, just a little short always because they already have this track record of the history. But for the first time caused by, it had to be a war, unfortunately, but you're, you're seeing where there's like this uncertainty over there and there's, there's a lot of the pipeline is becoming larger and larger for. Latin America. So I, I do expect in the next twenty-four, 36 months to see a an increase, a large increase in Latin America, which is kind of be interesting because at first is everybody's gonna be excited. But then as kind of time progresses, there's gonna be saturation of the market. There's gonna be so you know, I I am very interested to see, you know, where we are three years from today.
0: Very good. Interesting. All right. And and I will also add that countries are becoming Uh, a lot more mature in Latin America. I mean, their middle class is growing. Their economies are stronger. They're joining the OECD. And that's a big deal for Latin America. For the first time in history, we have all these countries, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Peru is in the ascension path. Brazil is in the ascension path. So the OECD is really, really... uh, making an impact in Latin America by by increasing the uh, the the uh, standards uh, that this country have to abide to, you know, best practices for social policies, economic policies, et cetera. Even clinical research policy. There's a document from the OECD on how to do clinical research, how to regulate clinical research. That, clinical that's policy.
1: awesome.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway.
1: So, um, so, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's, a little bit of a connection issue on my end, um, but but you're absolutely right. You know, Latin America is, and it, it's kind of difficult. Many people like try to like sum all Latin America together. You know, there's there's certain countries that maybe, and you know, you have the the, the right politics versus the left politics. There, there's there are some difference, but if you want to talk it as a whole, you are seeing uh, a kind of an acceleration in these countries and standardization. Um, And the beauty of it is, it's because if you can see what works, right, if you're kind of like from the outside forward, you can see like what's working in these countries and you can kind of implement them. So you're seeing like you're like you like what you just mentioned. Um, Those things like tangibly, objectively make your country better. So right. So now you're you can make that decision. okay, there's a clear path. If I do this, then this happens. And you're starting to see Latin America. It's hard to say all Latin America because I don't think it's all, but you know, a vast majority of Latin America taking taking these kind of strides towards towards improvement, towards standardization, towards quality. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So, Nicolas, let's talk about um, what you're doing today. I mean, uh, what's, how is your involvement in Latin America now? I understand you had uh, a big involvement in Ecuador. You had some involvement in Colombia and other countries. Please, can you elaborate a little bit on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, we are a a local CRO. So, one thing that I I, I think. The main um, success of any project, really, in Latin America, is finding the right partner. And um, you know, Julio, I think that you're, by the way, amazing. By the way, I've I've told a lot of people about you, and 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 for those who are listening to this podcast, I would definitely recommend them. Um, you know, it's 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 about being able to communicate and. And there's a cultural aspect to that, right? There's a cultural nuance there that I think is super important because for for lat for Latino like myself, for example, um, when somebody says, "Hey, I'll be there in ten minutes," I'll see you in ten. You know, it's, you know, you know that means like, "Hey, I'm on my way. I'll be there in thirty minutes, right? You know, you have to- you have time to get a. Call. I haven't
0: even taken a shower? Yet. Yeah,
1: you may- exactly. You might still be at home taking a shower. Yeah. You haven't even left, but you know. For, for maybe, you know, the U.S., uh, that, you know, I'll see you in 10 minutes yeah. means okay, 10 home. minutes, <laughs> 10, <laughs> minutes 10 minutes, right? So having that person that has the clinical research expertise, but able to speak it in both cultural languages, not only lang- not even like English and Spanish, but cultural languages, it's, so in- it's invaluable, really. Because they're only able to translate, no, he's not going to be here in 10 minutes. The dude's taking a shower. And he'll be here like 35. Let's go get a coffee. You know, and it gives you time and that in like from a regulatory perspective, from a patient recruitment perspective, from, uh, you know, from your importation, exportation expectations, it allows you to plan better. It allows you to do, uh, project. Yeah. Project management is huge when it comes to like a global project. And I think that is one thing that these local niche uh cro's really have have that your global cro's might lack uh because the way that that the system kind of works from a global perspective is you usually hire local which is great don't get me wrong but then you don't have that liaise that's lived one foot in both countries yes right? exactly like you're exactly. like you're calling me right now from miami i think you're i think you're in miami right <laughs> yes i am so yeah i am yeah <laughs> yeah so you're in my so you you kind of you've lived this world and you live that world. so that kind of that dichotomy or that i don't know if that's the right probably word for this right now but uh it it's super important and that's kind of where i think we excel because uh in large part we have that kind of Symbiotic relationship between Latin America and the United States. Many of our countries, many of our contracts, uh, will sign them in the U.S. So they can sue us here if they need. If you know we do something wrong down there, they can yeah, sue us we here. Do
0: exactly I mean, the same. Yeah, Yo, you know we're coming yeah.
1: here. So th- I think that those little those little details are important. Um, but yeah, I mean that's we have presence in Latin America. We do, you know, phase pretty much all phases. Phase one's a little bit less, to be completely frank. Um, and in some countries we don't have presence, but we have local partners that we work with. And, um, and so that's a kind of a little bit of different model. Uh, it's the same concept though. Again, still having that relationship, still having that know-how locally, but we don't have, it's not our boots on the ground. It's our partner's boots on the ground. And, um, but yeah, so that's kind of our, our footprint across and, um, and yeah, I mean, from a local CRO, so we do that regulatory IRB, importation, exportation, your, your your monitoring services. But where we also kind of where we started our company, and this is where our, we specialize is our site management side of thing. So we actually do the recruitment, we actually do the the visits in some of our countries. That's the one we don't do it in all countries. That we only do in the ones that we are physically in. But um, and, and the other is more of a local CRO, so. If you need ask, help in, you know, entering to Mexico, if you need help, like that is where our local side enters, local CRO side. Um, if you need more help recruiting, so with our doctors, with our coordinators, you know, that's more of an, like an Ecuador thing. You know, you want a vaccine research. So that's kind of our, our, our model in Latin America. And we have people super valuable. I mean, people that are, you know, they... Like you, Julio. Like honest truth, you. You. You, you, know, yeah. you, just, you know, you can go into any boardroom and and, and speak and speak your mind, speak the not with knowledge, etc. So people like you are super valuable across Latin America, right? So you uh, you need to be able to find yours is kind of the expertise is from my understanding, you know, Colombia and medical devices, and and in that space, you know, maybe there's you're second to probably nobody, right? You, you know that world really well. Yeah, there's well.
0: really nobody doing this type of work, I agree. right? Yeah. So.
1: But like that, so now you need to be able to find that person for Bolivia, for, you know, Argentina. So luckily, I've been, you know, lucky, really, and very lucky that, uh, you know, the world and kind of has allowed me to meet people like you and, uh, <laughs> and to collaborate with you, like you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, I mean, it's an honor to 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 be part of your network and uh be friends and uh, to somehow work together uh, when uh, we have an opportunity to to, uh, add value. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So uh, what challenges, uh, Nicolas, have you faced in all these uh, years in Latin America? Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Oh, challenges. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Too many to count. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a difficult one to like, you know, I don't need like a five-hour podcast for that one. (laughs) Uh So, uh,
0: so, What would you say is the top three challenges in, in Latin
1: America that, I a company, think
0: number, that a company will find?
1: Yeah. Setting realistic expectations. Okay, I think that's Time, by far... The,
0: timelines and all that. Yeah.
1: Number one, it's being able to deliver, communicate realistic expectations across all um, stakeholders. And... And kind of, so I think that would be number one. That'd probably be the number one problem. You, you know, because everybody, you have the person that provides the service that wants more time, and you want the, and you have the person that that's hiring the service that wants it in less time, right? And and <laughs> a conflict speak, of
0: interest, right there. Yeah, <laughs> then a conflict
1: of interest. They speak different languages, <laughs> yeah. uh, Culturally speaking, again. I mean, they may speak English together, but culturally speaking, and then the aftermath. Of, of like the reconciliation. You, you'll always the the way Hispanics kind of deal with with. Um, and this is a, a people person management type of. This is probably my my second conflict would be uh, a people a people problem, which is um, managing emotions. So if I as a with my friends from the U.S. You know, if I get mad at one of them and when we reconcile, it's totally different in in the business world in the U.S. than it is in Latin America. And, you know, so very different. So when you have these meetings that somebody will like undoubtedly, you know, timeline isn't met. Right. So some so somebody will, you know, get mad or something. And over here, it's 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 a different way that it's perceived. So you have to. It's a little bit of a, like a, you're a firefighter slash babysitter, uh, where you're having to massage and kind of, Hey, this is what they really mean. Hey, this is what they really mean. And, you know, let's, let's continue to be successful in this project together. So I think that because if you don't manage that correctly, then you, you've just now unmo, you've, de- you've, dis- you, un- you took some motivation away from one of the sides. So, and and that in turn is kind of a spiral effect because if they're not motivated, they're not going to perform even better. So you want to continue to motivate your team. Um, I mean, I think that's, it's, it's a difficult ask, but I think that's the number two problem. And um, and the third, which is not the best thing, but it is the truth, is the revolving uh, socioeconomic po- political landscape of latin america and again i one thing that one of the silver linings of this pandemic is that if you look at depression if you look at i'm totally going off a tangent here but if you look at depression (laughs) if you look at depression in the united states versus depression you know pandemic induced uh, depression of the united states versus Pandemic-induced depression in Latin America. You would be shocked that of the difference, the United States has a significantly higher percent, and you know hundreds of reasons as to why. And I've heard them all. I've read them all. But one of the ones that that I I, I think I I find to be true, or at least holds a a, a very large percent to um, to why, is Latin Americans. Through and through, are used to change, are constantly used to your dollar changing, your value of your dollar, presidents, ministers, uh, inflation. <laughs> inflation.
0: What is it? All- Ecuador, or Peru, they had like five presidents in five years. Like that?
1: <laughs> you have inflation rates, right? Argentina, right now. It, like, I was there uh, not long ago. So I remember going, what was it? Because I remember this vividly. It was. I remember the the story. I don't remember the year, but call it six years ago or something because I remember this this specific story. It was one. Maybe it might have been further out. Maybe it was eight. Uh, it was actually during Brazil's World Cup, so that's about eight years ago. Okay. So, eight years ago, the the uh, the dollar was worth 10 pesos. What's the? What's the what is la moneda local currency? Pesos, right?
0: In in, in in Argentina? Peso. Yes. Ar- pesos. Pesos,
1: yes. Okay. Pesos, yeah. So it was worth ten pesos. Today, as of right now, well, as a check as a like like a two months ago, I checked. It was like at a hundred. Uh so you just eight years, eight years, ten times. Like one dollar got you ten pesos. Today, one dollar gets you a hundred pesos. Or like yeah. two years ago. I don't or when I last checked, was I I'd love to check right now to see, but anywho so eight eight years right so you' you become used to it you become yeah, yeah you become immune to so much change that the pandemic that created right this pandemic has created inflation in the United States has created look at the you know Trump versus Biden and all of the political changes you have all these riots and uh, people are not used to it like the great resignation uh, you have all of these change that's happened all like for centuries in Latin America, right? So you're born into that. And and um, so I think navigating that for the Hispanic person is super easy. It's super easy to navigate changing a president's pandemics, inflation. Like we're used to it. Uh, but I, But I do think that for somebody that's used to like having a constant president for eight years, Having your dollar valued at roughly the same for about eight years, you know, or you know, inflation of two or three uh, percent, it, it's a little bit like whoa, this that's a lot of change, but, but not really, <laughs> you know, you, change is constant. Change is the only constant in Latin America. Yes, it's constant.
0: The only constant is change. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, well, uh, Nicolas, we're close to the end of the show, and. um, Usually the the last uh, question that I ask my guest uh, is about uh, morsels of wisdom. What would be your final words of wisdom? How would you encapsulate your message to somebody who is just starting to look at Latin America as a place to do business um, for, I mean,
1: in relation to clinical research in this case? I mean, I would say don't think about it, do it, uh, without a doubt. I I think the most important thing is don't approach Latin America as if you were to approach uh, the U S and even within the U S like you don't usually approach one state the same as you do approach another financially, you pay differently. depends on different States. You pay them differently. Um, you know, the way you approach a university is different than you would approach uh a rural clinic. Yeah, you know, why would that hold any different in Latin America? So you know, approach these differently and find a local expert. I, I definitely think you need to be have somebody locally that can help you navigate. And that, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be me. It could be anybody. Yeah, um, yeah especially as you do, correctly do, said, somebody. Yeah.
0: No, no. I, I, sorry, sorry. To, especially somebody who has. Yes, especially somebody who has been in both worlds, who has feet, uh, on, uh, his or her feet on both worlds. Yeah, can speak both languages culturally speaking.
1: Right, right. I think that would be my one recommendation because quality, you have it. Patience, you definitely have it. Patient naive, you have, you have people that are eager to just continue to do more research. Uh, cost is, you know, it's... It's a more affordable. Um, y- you have very talented people. Actually, just the other day, the other days, like I see the, the other day, like it was yesterday. This is like eight eight months ago. Uh, I I was going through an audit and um, and I brought some of my team from from South America to the audit in the, in North America, and um, they the agency when they left they were they complimented us on the you know the expertise of our south american team as well and it just it just it goes to show that there's so much talent at a elite you know level um, all throughout latin america so you know i definitely definitely the quality is not something i would be concerned about recruitment is not something i would be concerned about Again, I, I think I've harped on it a lot this call, but I think communications where I think is the most it is, is the most important piece
0: and expectations, time expectations. I mean, the meaning of my, mañana is so different. <laughs> mañana in 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 Latin America can I mean in a week or in a month. I mean, it's later. It's not tomorrow. <laughs> the day after. Today, no, it's someday in the future, right? In the middle, the middle the future.
1: right. It's also like the tone, that like, oh, yeah, see, 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 exactly. my and, the, gonna... tone. and uh, the tone, and the tone, yeah,
0: that's that's key too.
1: And, and another thing is the the holidays, that's another one, like the holidays, yeah. I just find that there's so much more holidays in Latin America than there are, like, I mean, <laughs> and yeah, there's... that's
0: a religious. Issue or yeah, something that we inherited from the Spanish culture, and uh, every every two or three weeks there's a religious holiday.
1: But, <laughs> Say but you have to embrace it. it. it you? Yeah. Huh? yeah, You have to but embrace it. To do, yeah. Embrace it. Like learn, yeah. lean into it. Yes. Realize that that is what you're, you're not going to change this system. This system is not changing. So, so lean into it. Realize expectations, and I promise you, it'll be successful. That's my. My my takeaway, I suppose. Beautiful.
0: Beautiful, Nicolas. Thank you so much for being the show. I really enjoy our conversation as always. And I look forward to to being in touch.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.